Hey there, I'm Rinda Emick, the founder of the nonprofit Presley's Purpose, where we give NICU parents some time away from the hospital to relax and de-stress by pampering them in the salon. I am also the host of Presley's Purpose podcast, where I will interview NICU families to share their journey and their best tips and tricks for surviving the NICU. Please subscribe if you haven't already, so you are the first to get our latest podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Rinda Amick, the host of this podcast, and I'm excited to bring another NICU mama to you. So I hope that you pick up a tip or something along the lines to help you in your journey. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in, and I'm going to introduce, introduce my friend, Kayla Zerface, and she's going to help, or she's going to share her story with us. She's a very unique story, and out of all the interviews I've done so far in this podcast, Kayla is the first one who's still in the NICU, <laughs> so she's got a lot to share with us, and what a journey she has had, and like I said, a very unique journey. So it was special for me to bring her on and interview her. So I'm excited for this interview. So we're going to jump right in, Kayla. So tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us something that you love to do and a little bit about who you are. Hi, I'm, I'm Kayla. Um, my, I have two boys. Uh, I have a four-year-old and an 11-month-old. Um, my 11-month-old was um, diagnosed with SCID. So um, and I love to, my life revolves around my kids. So no matter what I do, it's always kid friendly. Um, that's just my life. <laughs> and where are you from? I'm from um, Aztec, New Mexico. I'm part of the Four Corners. Gotcha. And so, yeah. so I know a little bit about your background and your journey. We actually met through the nonprofit Presley's Purpose, and I was helping her with her hair, and we were giving her that salon day, pampering some self-love and self-care. So I got to um, get to know her and her story of her baby, and it's so incredibly unique. So would you walk us through your pregnancy and journey to the NICU? I mean, did you know, were you guys expecting this? Were you expecting to be in the NICU? No. no, not at all. So it started with my baby shower. I had my baby shower that night. And of course, I'm sure all moms have been through this, but I thought I had peed myself and was really hoping that's what it was. But my water actually broke. And so I ended up waiting till that morning because it was like in the middle of the night. So I just went and used the bathroom, came back and um, just went to sleep like nothing happened, uh, not thinking my water actually broke. But uh, so, yeah, so I went and called. Um, I knew something was wrong because it just it wasn't stopping. So I called the up to OBGYN and told them my story and what was happening. And she's like, you need to get up here as soon as possible. And me thinking dork self <laughs> thinking uh nothing was happening <laughs> so I was taking my sweet time getting dressed you know getting oh, all no. pretty and stuff <laughs> and so uh so yeah so I go up there and I'm like telling my four-year-old because my four-year-old's like freaking out because I'm leaving him and I'm like oh baby mommy will be back here in, here in a few hours you know and not thinking of it um so I went inside and they tested me to see if my water broke the first test came back negative the second test um, came back positive, 
and she's like, oh, we're flying you out tonight, and I'm like, okay, so my heart started sinking, and I'm like, oh my god, I started freaking out on the inside, and so I called my husband, and I'm like, yeah, we're flying out to Albuquerque tonight, (laughs) and so he left his work. I felt so bad he had to leave work, but um, so yeah, they ended up flying us out that that night we made it to Albuquerque and then um they actually my water broke on a Sunday night so I did not go to the doctor till Monday they wanted to keep the baby in till my 34 week period which was that Saturday and so the doctor's like I don't see any difference in the baby staying in or we take him out now so we're gonna schedule you for a c-section emergency c-section for the next morning and I'm like okay you know like my nerves started going crazy yeah. I'm like this is nuts so <laughs> and it was my biggest fear yeah so at this point you're 33 weeks pregnant yes 33 weeks pregnant I am okay I was so, okay so now so he was a little bit early so yeah okay and so you, f- so you fly to Albuquerque and you're basically being told you're going into an emergency C-section. And this has got to be like nothing you planned for your delivery, right? Like this is all just a huge yeah, surprise. No. Okay. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> holy moly. Okay. So, okay. So you're there in Albuquerque, you're getting us, um, a surprise C-section. So do you go forward forward with that or do they attempt to um, hold off for a little while? No, um, he was actually breached my whole pregnancy. So um, oh. I'm pretty sure they planned on doing a C-section anyway, but I just, it was such a shock and last minute thing that I didn't really get to think about it. And the crazy part was, is I just had my baby shower. So I was listening to everybody's C-section story and how scary it was. And that just kept replaying through my mind the whole time. (laughs) That was so funny. But um, I'm really glad I did what I did. Um, So we ended up going from there. He was maybe about seven days old. Um, That's when his newborn screening came back. And... um, I was actually at the Ronald McDonald house in Albuquerque and I went back in that next morning and all these like doctors and nurses that were seeing him were like dressed up in gowns and then they had like blue tape to like block him off and I couldn't understand him like what is going on because they were talking about actually sending us home because he was doing so good and so yeah I came back in that next morning and everything changed like our whole life literally changed in that moment wow that definitely life-changing and then that's when they started telling us he got diagnosed with skid can you explain a little bit about what skid is yes of course so skid actually stands for severe combined immunodeficiency um they like to call it bubble boy disease which mean which means he has no immune system and so what happens is um, like a lot of skid patients do not have like their T cells, NK cells, natural killer cells, um, B cells. And so um, in Adriel's case, he did have all those cells. He was just missing his thymus. And the thymus is actually a schoolhouse, well, I like to call it schoolhouse, um, a schoolhouse for our cells to travel up from the middle part of our bones, which is our bone marrow, 
So it travels up into our thymus and matures inside the thymus and that's how we get our immune system. So the thymus is actually a main important part of when we're first born. Very thankful how it panned out because I don't know what we would have done if if he would have gotten super sick on us. They yeah. it would have been very hard to treat him. Yeah. So uh, you're about, about a week into your NICU stay when you find out this news about the diagnosis and everything, and then you're continuing to run tests. So what are the doctors telling you that, that it looks like for his future? Are they saying he's going to need some types of surgeries or medications? Um, and now, you know, you're months down the line and you're still in the NICU. So was that an expectation? No, no, not at all. Like I did not expect to be this long inside there, but we still are. We're facing it every day. It's it's definitely not easy. Um, it's been a definite challenge for me and my family and our four-year-old especially because he was used to me 24-7. I, I have been a stay-at-home mom for four years now and um, a definite big change on all of us. So I didn't, we did not expect it at all, um, but I'm thankful we're still here and we're, we are still fighting for it. So. so what is your, walk us through your NICU journey. So you are a weekend, you've started to run tests and what happens now? Mm -hmm. So they, they took him from the, the um, NICU and they put him inside an isolated room which was reverse isolation which was just a room where it sucked out all the the contaminated air so he was in like a purified um, room so then after that they started like doing all these tests and then of course we get sick and that was that was had probably probably been the hardest thing I've had to face not being able to see your kid you're looking at your kid through a glass window and watching somebody else feed and hold and cuddle your own baby, you know, cause you just, you don't expect it. And it was pretty rough and hard. And so then um, after that, they started talking about flying us out here to Denver, which is the children's hospital in Aurora. Um, we finally arrived here December 14th of last year. So they started running all kinds of tests. They couldn't find out anything. They went the largest genome panel they could. They still did not find the gene that had SCID. Um, they couldn't figure it out. They still don't know. Um, they just found out that um, it was his thymus. And how they found that out was they... Um, took his bone marrow sample and they sent that out to Tokyo wow. or no, I'm sorry, excuse me, Canada. And then they took his blood sample and they took it, sent it out to NIH in um, Washington and them two together um, took an artificial thymus to see if they could correct his cells and they were successful. So. Wow. How did you deal with that emotionally, hearing those things? I mean, it's, I know that for me, you know, having a baby that had a very rare lung condition that 50 kids worldwide had that they don't, you know, my hospital never saw before, it's, it's scary and confusing yeah. and you don't know and you don't know what the future holds. 
So how did you deal with that heavy diagnosis? I cried. <laughs> I cried for weeks, not even kidding. Um, I just like, I was so angry and so devastated that I'm like, why, why are we going through this? You know, like why us? Why, why now? You know, cause I'm already dealing with a lot. I, like I said, I just lost my mom and, and then my grandmother and my best friend. And it's just, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. But you have such a smile and such a, a, a cheery, you know, a peaceful, cheery face. And I just, I think that that really can tear apart somebody. It really can tear apart a family. And I, I truly believe that God puts people in these situations for a reason. And, and I, you know, I know some people don't like hearing that, but in my heart, I believe that there is a purpose behind, behind everything that we are put through. Oh, yeah. And even though we're still walking those journeys, you're still walking your journey. I'm still walking through grief and everything. But, but I feel like over time, you start to understand why you're being put through those things. Um, but there's always a purpose. I, I truly right. feel that there's always a purpose. Yes. And, and I feel, I completely feel the same way. And I feel that God knew me and my family needed a change. And if, this is what it took to change. It has definitely made a big, big change in our lives for sure. And so, probably made us make obstacles um, that we were definitely afraid to um, face. But um, I'm, I'm really glad that we are, we are facing this challenge and this, this huge change because we definitely needed it. Adriel staying in the NICU, is it just to try to help him grow or keep him healthy or to, to not keep him sick or is he awaiting on a surgery? Yeah, um, he's actually, we're waiting for a thymus transplant. So we will, um, we actually, we came down to it where we're finally getting um, released next month. And it's so exciting, but it's so nerve wracking because we literally have to isolate ourselves as a family. Um, it's going to be very challenging, but I mean, we've gone through this whole year inside a hospital that I'm just so excited to actually just be a family Yeah. and rather that is isolating ourselves or, you know, it's going to take whatever it's going to take for us to keep our, our baby healthy for sure. Yeah. And then you're just on a wait list or something for a thymus transplant. Yes. Um, I actually met a mom that just recently went through a thymus and she waited two years for her baby to get a thymus transplant. And um, there's only one doctor in the nation that does a thymus transplant and that's out in North Carolina. So I can only imagine how, how many babies are ahead of mine. But um, there's been many, many times of me thinking of calling them to see like where we're at in the list. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just little things, but you know, I, I have patience. So, and he's, he's doing so good. We barely got off of, um, they did a five day chem path, which is chemo. And so they killed out all his cells because his cells, we had been on a constant roller coaster of just his, his own T cells, um, attacking his body, which they've only attacked his respiratory, his lung, or I'm sorry, respiratory, his skin and his, um, gut so far. So I'm, I'm hoping that this camp path 
is is definitely doing its job. He is um, definitely doing so much better. So that's awesome. And um, and I just I see his little pictures and stuff. You know, he's so chunky and so like yeah. big. And you would it's like I feel like a lot of times with these babies, like you would never even know that they're like NICU babies. You're living basically in Denver. Is mm -hmm. your um, is his dad back and forth, or how do you guys manage your family? We were actually able to transfer out here, thank goodness, because I have no idea what we would have done if dad was not able to, because I went, um, for the first few months that we got out here, uh, dad and brother stayed home, so it was just me and Adriel for, um, for the first two months when we first arrived here. And that has had to have been the hardest part, I think, honestly, just because you're alone and you start thinking about all these things and it's just, it's very stressful, very stressful. Yeah, I know the feeling, girl. What does it look like for Adriel's future? So if when he gets this transplant, is it something, um, is there a high success rate? What does that look like for him? Yes, so um, once he gets his thymus transplant, he will, um, it depends on if his body accepts the transplant or not. So if, if it does and everything goes good, he, we will only be out in North Carolina for a month. But if not, we'll be there from anywhere from three months to six months um, if his body does not accept it. But um, if his body does accept it and once that is done, then um, he will basically be a normal little boy. He'll have his immune system back and and all that good stuff. So Wow. And how have the doctors told you like maybe how many kids worldwide have skid? Yes, it affects um one in every sixty to seventy thousand babies. So there so actually you have probably been able to find a community of moms that have been through this. Oh yes, yes. I've um thankfully I've met so many moms that have I'm actually I just joined a skid group. So um it's nice to know that I'm not alone because that was my first thought whenever I started all this is that I I just felt so alone. I I couldn't find those groups and and I'm thankful now that I I actually have people that have helped me reach out to those groups. Um very thankful. Awesome. So let's, so you're still in this and usually I ask my moms, you know, I'm like, Hey, speak to the moms there. Uh, but you're the mom there. <laughs> you're the one <laughs> sitting in the chair next to Adriel and the bed and, and you're there every day. So yes. what are you doing for yourself? Um, not much, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I, I just, my, my everyday is, is Adriel. So it's, it's the power of getting up and just getting yourself going every day. Um, it's, it's, it's a challenge. Um, there are some days where I just, I don't want to do nothing. I just want to stay in bed and, and relax, but I can't, I got to keep fighting for my kids. I've met, um, many families. They, um, definitely not my situation, but, um, their own, each their own. So, um, but it's nice to have those families and and get to know those families and their stories but um i have not ran into a family that has the similar situation so far 
Um, yeah. The hospital that we are at actually only receives um, one to two babies a year that have skid. So, wow. And so, if you, is there anything that you have done in these last ten and a half months that you can think of that has brought you some? relief or peace, just anything that you can share to encourage those moms that are in your shoes right now for helping yes. them through this? Yes. Um, definitely my advice would be um, take it a day at a time and embrace each moment you get. Um, record, take pictures as much as you can because you want to look back at those memories. Um, they are probably not the most pleasant memories, but um, I actually made a video of our whole journey and put it all in one video. And it is just so emotional, but so happy at the same time just to watch because it's just amazing to see how much he's progressed in such a short time span that it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Probably somewhat therapeutic, even though it is hard to yeah. see it's, it's got to be some somewhat helpful. Are you trying to get out and do walks or? Oh, yes. I, I walk daily. So um, getting out, getting some fresh air is, is definitely a plus. It, it will, um, for me, it sets my mind at ease. And then just to know that Adriel is getting taken care of by a wonderful, incredibly medical team. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my everyday is walking and easing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So if there's any other tips or advice that you could give the, the mom that's in your shoes right now, I know you've given us a couple things already, but if there's anything else that you would want to add, what would that be? Just enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy yeah. the moment. Enjoy the time that you have. Cause um, now that I look back at it, that um, we will, it's, it's already over basically. And I'm just, I'm thankful that um, we got put through this journey. It's, it's definitely challenging and not easy, but I'm thankful. I'm very thankful for everything we've been through. Do you believe it's made you a stronger mom? Yes, for sure. Yes. I feel like I know everything, but <laughs> of course we don't all know it all, but it's, it's nice to give those other moms that, that have never been through it to give them some advice. There's been many, many moms during this um, journey that have came to me and actually asked me some medical advice. And it's, it's nice to know and have the knowledge to, to give that to other people. Don't you feel like you kind of have like a mini medical degree? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's like all these things that you never ever would have known before. And now you're like spitting them out like you've been studying it. Right. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like a doctor in a way. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Kayla. So one of my favorite things um, as I learn NICU families stories is advocating. Um, I'm huge on advocating and not feeling like you can't speak up and advocating for your baby and knowing your baby intuitively. So 
what is your best advice to those moms that are just getting into the NICU on um, giving them some confidence in being the best advocate for their baby? Yes, um, I will give you an example first. Um, so like, don't, don't be afraid to um, stick up for your baby. I have had to do that plenty of times. Um, and me, I'm, I'm very self-conscious, so I, I keep to myself half the time. But there has been some days where I've, I've definitely had to speak up for Adriel. Um, for example, there was this one time where the nurse uh, was poking him. And of course, they poked him so many times that his veins are just, they're not good at all. And so, um, so they poked him, right? They were trying to like keep poking him and they poked him for a good 15 minutes until I just told him to stop because they were digging inside of his veins. And it, as a mom, it's, it's nothing you want to watch. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really glad that I was there that day to actually speak up because if not, I'm pretty sure they would have, they would have um, ruptured his vein for sure. Yeah. And having that it, some, for some moms, it just takes a little bit of time to get to that place to where you feel like you can say something. But yeah. I think it's important for families to know that, that the, that the hospital is there to help or save your baby. That, that is what they're there for. Those doctors are trained to help your baby. Um, but at the same time, as parents, we are ultimately the ones that have the final say so like, what do we yeah. feel is right or wrong? You know? So and sometimes it takes a little bit of time for, for parents to gain that confidence. But if there's something that I could tell them, it would be to know that you do have a voice and you, yeah. you intuitively know things about your baby that maybe doctors and nurses don't. And I just always right. want them to feel like they can say something that they can express yes, exactly. themselves. So um, and you know, I'm sure being there for 10, over 10 months now, you have had to do that several times, you yeah. know, and, and advocate and, and you're there with them every day. So, you know, what's best. Um, but what do you think the greatest gift that gift you have received from this whole situation so far is? Uh, the, the greatest gift of all is obviously my kid, but um, I just love how much support we get. Um, being in this, I thought, like I said, I thought we were alone, but that I was completely wrong. Like there is so many programs and, and just so many um, different kind of um, support systems that you have. Um, like right now we're still staying inside the Brent's place. We have been there since day one. And I'm very thankful because they actually give you like activities and stuff that you can, you know, keep your mind busy and, and just enjoy as a little family because our four-year-old hates having to go to the hospital and every day and challenge. He, he has his attitude from time to time, but that's, that's expected for a life-changing experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Thank you so much, Kayla, for your time and sharing your special, very unique baby boy, Adriel, with us. 
And for the moms, the NICU moms and families that are listening, we appreciate your time with us too. And I know this goes for you, Kayla, as well as the NICU moms that are sitting in those chairs listening to this podcast. Um, I hope that you found something from it, but I also hope that you know that this is just a snapshot, just a moment in time throughout your entire life. And one day you will look back at this because truly this too shall pass. Um, So take every day, you know, um, one step at a time and take time for yourself. Give yourself some love. You are doing everything you possibly can to be there for your child and you are an amazing parent. So we appreciate you so much. And again, Kayla, thank you for your time. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast with anyone who you think may enjoy it. Check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Presley's Purpose, as well as our website, presleyspurpose.com. 